0: This morning, I have a real treat for you. We had last fall, if you were here, you know that um, we we were looking uh, for a new youth pastor, a new youth and young adults pastor. And I was praying going, God, you know, I don't want to ask too much, but I would like to have the very best possible youth and young adults pastor that has ever existed in all time. I didn't feel that was asking too much. And you know what? We got him we got them last fall. And so Pastor Tim and Leah moved here last October and their little girls Nova Lee and Ella Rose are just adorable. And uh, and Pastor Tim's just been doing such a fantastic job. We've got Youth Alpha going on. I've already had some youth come and tell me how great it is and that's on Friday nights. And we have different young adults, small groups that are meeting across the city. One of them in in Jefferson, My Home and we're just thrilled to host it and he's doing that and he's present on campuses, different campuses and connecting with things and uh, and also running our guest services so he's doing a boatload of work and we love him and I want you to tell him next time you see him how much you love him not in a weird way just in a normal way okay and uh, and just tell him he's doing a great job and he is going to be preaching this morning at evangel so in a moment after the video plays I want you to give him a big welcome when he comes pastor Tim guys hit that video for me
1: Looks like fun, doesn't it? Well, it is. This skier obviously is an expert. However, like everyone, he had to go through a learning process as a beginner. This program's purpose is to show the beginning skier the proper fundamentals. Just as in any sport, water skiing is easier to master if you avoid bad habits and employ correct techniques. Though some skiers have learned by starting on one ski, we recommend that everyone begin with two skis it's much easier. Many beginners want to make their first try from a seated position on the dock. However, this is what happens to most beginners from the dock. The most frequent error by beginners is trying to pull themselves out of the water. This is what happens. Eventually, the skier will fall on his back. You can avoid that problem by keeping your arms straight during the start. The second most frequent error is keeping the knees locked and allowing the skis to get too far apart. That leads to another sport called swimming.
2: Okay, I think, I think I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hit it. Go. <laughs> uh-uh. Driving that boat. <laughs> Woo! Oh, <yeah>. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Tim. Um, I love summer. Anybody ready for summer yet? Yes, I'm going to preach in a life jacket and my shorts. You're welcome. I am so ready for summer. Every summer, my family and I go to uh, our cottage and their camp, and it's awesome. Um, I just have a personal conviction that if you go to a camp, it has to have a lake. A camp isn't a camp if there's a pool. Some of these people in Ontario say, "Come to our camp. Come to, we have a swimming pool." It's like it's not a camp. It's got to have a lake. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, "I'm leaving." Um we we go every summer and uh we do lots of stuff there. Fun stuff. Smart stuff. Not so smart stuff. One of the things we do is there's this giant tree and uh there's a rope attached to the tree and you stand on this platform that's about fifteen feet above the water over rocks, and you swing, and you let go like Tarzan and it's awesome. On the, other, on the other side of the bay, there's a 42-foot cliff, that we jump off, and we hit the water really hard, and it's fun, and it hurts, but it's fun, but it hurts, but it's fun. I don't know. It's weird. One of my favorite things, uh, when I was 10, I remember sitting on the dock, and I saw these people going by on water skis, and I was like, man, they look so cool. Those guys are cool. I want to be cool. I'm like, 90 pounds wet, and my buddy had a boat, and he said, hey, you want to learn? We're going to go out. I said, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to learn. So we went out, and he, you know, put the skis on me and sat me on the edge of the dock, and I grabbed the rope. He's like, okay, hold on. Boom! And I bailed, like, I wiped out, like the guy in the video. And it was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing, kind of like standing in front of people in a life jacket, and shorts, it's embarrassing. More for my wife than for me. And they said, Tim, you're doing this all wrong. Right? And so they came, they they showed me some things, and they said, you know, we're gonna hold you, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell you how to do this, we're gonna help you. And these people came and they showed me how to water ski. You wanna learn? Somebody wanna learn how to water ski? Where's essay? He's hiding. Essay, where are you, man? Come on up, brother. Yeah, yeah, you. Let's go. Let's give a round of applause for Essay. Come on, quick. Christmas is coming. I know we just got through it, but Christmas is coming. Let's go, brother. You're going to learn how to water ski today. He's like, what am I doing? <clears throat> Unfortunately, I only have one life jacket. Hey, where's that guy that pulled me in? Here, grab this. Trust me. It'll be okay. Sit in the, the thing. So there's, no, oh, I gotta turn this way. There's a pattern. The guy said to me, Tim, there's a pattern that you gotta follow every time you go water skiing. And it is not like this. <laughs> it is like this. Ready? You ready? Okay, skis up, arms straight, knees bent. No, two skis. Two, yeah, two skis. Remember the video? It's easy. Okay, so two feet up, arms straight, knees bent. No, no, no. Let's try it again. You can do it. Everybody say you can do it. Okay. Ready? Skis up. Ah! It's okay. It's, they're alive still. Skis up. Arms up. Knees bent. That's ah, okay. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Good job. Did you like a hat? All the cool kids are wearing it. Round of applause for this guy. He's like, what just happened? Now you know how to water ski, and if you're not doing any, anything later, essay. Um, I know a guy with a boat down by the Saint Lawrence. <laughs> we'll go skiing, and you'll grow a third arm. It will be very fun. Water skiing is a lot of fun, and there's a pattern that we have to follow when we want to do it. And then the next thing they said, they said, Tim, when you start going, you just hang on, just hang on. Remember the pattern, but hang on. And so I did, and I wiped out sideways and i wiped out forward and i wiped out backwards and i drank so much water and i had so much water in my head and my ears and my nose and it was embarrassing it was awful but i was persistent i wanted to look cool that's a good motive right don't judge me and so the dad said tim you got to stop you're forgetting the most important thing you have to let the boat Pull you out of the water. Because I was like, you know, 90 pound 10 year old trying to pull myself out of the lake, like I can do something here. And he said, Tim, you got to just hold the position, hold the pattern, resist, persist, and let the power do the work. Anybody here know how to water ski? Two of us. All right. Well, good for you. Um, You know, you can learn. You got lots of time. It's fun. And you let the power do. The work. And so I finally got out of the water. I finally managed to to plane out and stand on top of the water. And life is good, and my hair is blowing, and people are cheering, and my mom's waving, and doves are flying. Well, at least in my mind, that's how it was going. And it was really cold, like, especially from my waist down. (laughs) And so I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm really, really, really cold. And I look down, my shorts are still on, but they're really, really, really up. And I realize, well, I'm not letting go of this thing. And I look with my bright yellow life jacket and my long skinny legs. Yeah, you can look at my skinny legs. It's okay. I'm used to it. i embrace embraced it. I've had them for 32 years. I'll get an upgrade someday. I realize I look like a, like a banana popsicle. And this is really embarrassing. But, you know, I didn't care because I was going somewhere, baby. It was awesome. Anybody want to learn how to water ski? It's fun. Like I said, I have a boat by the river. Have you ever wanted to give up on something? Have you ever tried and you, you, you had a goal and you saw like I want to do that or I want to be like that or I want to I want my business to go this this big or I want to have you know this this grade in my my papers and and you give up and you don't persist and you don't keep going and you know let's just name a few exercise. <sighs> School, sorry, I said the S word in church. Um, you know, relationships, right? Sometimes relationships are difficult and we feel like we're, we're resisting, but half the time we're drowning in the water and we don't know what's up. Trying to get married, trying to stay married. That's difficult, isn't it? Josh is like, hey, it's easy. Just buy her whatever she wants. It's, it's not easy. And the things that are, are valuable... We have to work at them. We have to persist. We have to persist. And you know what? I'm convinced it's no different with prayer. And that's what we're talking about. We've been talking about it for the last 40 days or so. Persisting in prayer. And let's just just be honest for a minute. We all struggle with prayer sometimes. We do. We do. Sometimes when things don't happen, uh, we're kind of like, okay, what's what's going on here? Um, And I heard this funny stat that most Christians spend more time Brushing their teeth and picking out what they want to wear than than we do in prayer every day. And I realized, yep, I'm guilty of that. Should I wear the blue hat? Or should I wear the red hat? Right, we do this. We want a hat? Here. Here you go. There you go. Free hat. Good catch. Do you want to learn how to water ski? Yeah. Okay, come on up here. No, I'm kidding. Where am I now? Here's the thing about prayer. Most of us know how to pray. Our Father in heaven, blah, 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 right? Thank you, Lord. God is great. God is good. And most of us know how to pray, but sometimes we forget why. Why? And this is the big one. If we know why we want to do something, we will persist. We will keep going. But oftentimes, we, we forget the why. So we're going to talk about those two things today, how to persist in prayer and why to persist in prayer. You okay with that? Yep. You all right with that? Okay. You guys still with me here? Who's thinking about what they're going to eat after lunch? After this, it's okay. I'm going to eat something. I don't know what. Okay, let's uh, let's read here. Luke 11, verse one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and I love this about Jesus. He models. He models it. Right. He's such a, a great example to follow. Obviously, he's Jesus, but for these guys, his disciples, he was such a great example to follow. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Maybe he didn't say it like that. Just as John taught his disciples. And I, you know, I love the disciples because have you ever felt stupid asking a question? Like, I should really know this by now, but I don't. And these guys had been with Jesus for about seven chapters. We don't know how long that is exactly, but seven chapters. And I can picture them, like, watching Jesus praying and... They're kind of like, hey, go ask. Can you go ask him how to, what's he, what's he saying? What do we, no, you go ask him. I don't want to ask him. Yeah, but you're tight with Jesus. You look like him. And, and one of them eventually, I'm guessing it was Peter, I don't know. One of them went up to him and said, hey, sorry, but can you show us how to pray? Can you show us what this thing is all about? And Jesus does. The first thing when we want to persist in prayer is we need people. We need people. We can pray by ourselves, and we're taught how to do that, but so many times we lose the wind in our sails because we're doing it all alone. We don't pray with people. We don't practice praying with people, and we need this. Just like I needed people, I really, really needed people to show me how to water ski. Verses two and four. Then he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead, uh, lead us not into temptation. And I love this because sometimes when I, when I overcomplicate prayer, I remember what Jesus taught his disciples. And it's so easy. And this is the pattern. All my points will start with P because I'm a Pentecostal preacher. And it's just easier to remember. Brought to you by the letter P. So this is the pattern that Jesus gives them when they're praying. Just like I needed someone to show me the pattern of, you know, skis up, arms straight, knees bent. Jesus gives them a pattern for prayer. And here's what it is, and I love this. We're gonna read it a little different here. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, make it personal. Make it personal. God is our loving Heavenly Father. I have a friend who calls him Daddy, which is a little weird for me. Just putting it out there, but if you call God daddy, that is totally okay. Abba, Father, Heavenly Father, my friend, Lord, make it personal. Make it personal. The second one is this, praise. Jesus says, hallowed be your name. Praise God. What are you thankful for? What is he doing in your life recently that's worth talking about? God, I praise you for my health. I praise you that you returned life back into my body this morning. I praise you that I get another day to live for you. I praise you that, right, we can think of things pretty easily praise. And, and then he goes on, he says, your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come, and the rest of that we know is your kingdom come, your, your will be done, right? This is the point, another P, this is the point that Jesus is getting to. It's all about God's kingdom, God's plan. Then he goes on and he says, you can ask for provision, and I love this. Give us this day our daily bread, Give us this day or day. Isn't that cool? God says you can ask for the things that you need that you, you know, might not think are significant, but God says bring them to me. Ask me for them, right? God, I need help with this schoolwork. I need help with this friend. I need help with you know, this coworker. I pray for my coworkers all the time. God, give me patience, please. Some of you will get that later. We can ask for provision. And then he goes on to this, pardon, forgive us. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us for the things. I love this because Jesus knew that these guys were going to mess up. He knew that they were because they're human like like you and like me. Point to yourself and say, I am human. Unless you're not human, then I will find you. Just kidding. Pardon. Forgive me for my sin. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And this is the practice. This is where when we pray, God, help me to love this person. Help me to, to show forgiveness to this person. God, help me give me wisdom when, when these people come into my office and I have to counsel them. Give me right. We ask for, for help to practice an opportunity to practice what we believe. And the last one is this protection. Protection. Protection from things we can can see and things we can't see. God, protect my mind, protect my attitude, protect my spirit, protect my body. Right? You could pray this while you're driving, but if you're driving and praying, please leave your eyes open please. How do I persist in prayer? Jesus gave them an amazing pattern that we can use. We need people. We need a pattern. These are great ways to remember how to persist in prayer. But then Jesus moves on and he says the why. He talks about the why. Why do we need to persist in prayer? Verse five. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. Nice thing to say. Hey, Peter, Imagine you actually had a friend. No. Suppose you have a friend and you said to him at midnight, friend, lend me three uh, loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a long, or a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have, what? I have no food. Anybody been there? Somebody came over and you're like, oh no, I got nothing to feed you. Order pizza. I have no food. First of all, midnight, if... You know, I'm starting to love you guys, but if you show up at my house at midnight, I'm going to get my baseball bat out. No, just kidding. I'll welcome you in. But if you ask me for three loaves of bread, I might be like, what? You want three loaves of bread? That will not be good for you. You need something else with right? But that's, again, not the point. Sorry, this is my scattery brain thinking. Anybody still tracking with me? Are you thinking about lunch? You don't have to lie to me. It's okay. He moves on and he says, I have no food. And this was huge for a host in Jesus' day to have somebody over and not have food. And you can tell that he's embarrassed because he goes over at midnight. He says, I am desperate. I need your help. I need your help. And he moves on to verse seven. Jesus says, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus said, Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity or your persistence, because of your persistence, he will surely get up and slap you. No, that's what I would do. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Did you hear that? Give you as much as you need. Why did man A persist? Because he had nothing. And this is the first thing that we need to know. When we, when we want to persist in prayer, you and I need to have this attitude that without God, we got nothing. We got nothing. And there's so many times, and I'm guilty of this too, where I pray things like, oh God, bless me. Bless my, my work. Bless my marriage. Fix, you know, fix this. Um, amen. And in the back of my mind, and sometimes in the back of our minds, we might think, yeah, if God really doesn't do it, it's not that bad. Because I'll still, you know, we'll exist and life will move on. That's called a plan B. When we want to persist in prayer, we have to realize that we have nothing. Because the truth is we don't. Here's a story, and uh, I want you to promise me that you won't judge me. Okay, so hand up like this. Say, I will not judge you, Tim. No, that was pathetic a little. Some of you are going to judge me. Hand up nice and high. I will not judge you, Tim. See, the hypocrisy is you've already judged me. I'm wearing a life jacket and shorts, and you're thinking, that guy. Okay, I'm a parent, and uh, our first kid was born three and a half years ago. And about three or four months in, we're going somewhere, and uh, we're getting the baby into the carrier. That's what it's called, right? A carrier. And remember, you're not going to judge me, okay? I see some of you. We're putting her in the carrier... She falls out. Father of the air. Woo! She falls out, but she doesn't just like fall and like, yay, let's bounce back. She fell on the ceramic tile floor in the kitchen. She smashed her face on the floor. She screamed for about fifteen seconds. And and then she went unconscious. And this is way too serious a story to be telling it a life jacket and shorts. She went unconscious, and I picked her up, she started puking in my arms. And I am freaking out. Anybody else, you would be freaking out? Okay, that's a normal reaction. So like any God-loving, faith-filled parents, we got our stuff together, and we booked it to the hospital. Like, we gotta go right now. And we got in the car, we drove there, and we were obviously super stressed. We get in the emergency room, and there's sick people everywhere, people coughing, some guy throwing up. Paramedics rolling bodies in and out, and we're just like, God protect us, please, and help our. And she's sleeping at this point. We're like, what do we do? Do we wake her up? Like, so we're sitting, the emerge, freaking out, and Leah's got this like ever-growing headache, which just mm, just adds to the torture of it all. We're praying, and of course, five minutes before we go and see the doctor, the baby wakes up. She doesn't just wake up; she's giggling. She's happy. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm shocked. Remember, I was just praying, and now I'm shocked that she woke up. I'm like, "What is, You're happy? And we go into the doctor, and she checks, her, checks her, her ears, and she checks her head and her neck. And we're waiting there for like four or five hours, and Leah's headache is growing. And we gave her some, some meds, and, you know, it was just, it was horrible. It was awful. And we go home. Eventually, we get the baby to sleep Finally. And Leah's headache has developed into a full-blown, nausea-inducing migraine. Anybody get those? Yeah. They're not fun. Crippling. So we just came from the hospital. Baby's asleep. And my wife is moaning and rolling in pain. I can't whisper. I can't turn lights on. I can't move. She's, and I'm like, God, I got nothing. So what do I do? I turned on the TV. No, I didn't. I got on my knees and I put my hands on her and I started to pray. I pray for five minutes. I pray for 10 minutes. I pray for 20 minutes. I'm praying in every language I know how. pray for 40 minutes in the morning and slowing down and she's you know, starting to rest a bit. I keep going. An hour in, I look at her and she's asleep. She wakes up in the morning and she's fine. And she couldn't take any more meds before that because she had already taken her doses and she was, you know, nursing a baby. So I was like, God, you gotta. And I responded in a desperation, I got nothing. I choose to believe that God responded to it. I choose to believe he did. Um, yeah, for that. Why will we pray with persistence when we realize we have nothing? Verse nine. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone. For who? Everyone Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Why do we persist in prayer? Because Jesus promises. There's your other P. He promises. He makes a promise. He says, keep on asking, keep on seeking keep on knocking, and you will receive. Persist. And I can just picture the the disciples here like, oh boy, this is, you know, Jesus was talking about bread and, you know, food from your neighbor, and and they're like, I can picture them, right? This is the selfishness in us. Oh yeah, go on, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. How do I? Okay, I just have to keep seeking. I have to keep asking. And then? And then I'll get what? And they're drooling, thinking about bread. And then I'll get what? Right? But Jesus doesn't really tell them He doesn't really tell them what they'll receive yet. He says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and you'll get it. Get what? Get what? Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? How many of you fathers would give your kid a snake? Let's just see. Nobody, okay. (laughs) Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Answer is, hopefully None right? If you then, though you are evil, though you are human, though you are sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, and I can see the disciples' eyes like getting really big here, he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give you? And they're like, yeah, give me, give me, give me what, Jesus? And he says, what does he say? The Holy Spirit can, you can see them kind of like, ah, oh, uh, I wanted the bread. I wanted the egg. I wanted the snake. No, they didn't want the snake, right? He says, I will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And the selfishness in us is kind of like disappointed when he says this, right? We're kind of like, but I, but I, wanted, the, I wanted the new car, Jesus. I wanted the raise at work, Jesus. I wanted the four-bedroom apartment, Jesus. He says, "I'll give you the Holy Spirit." Well, these guys wouldn't have known at this point, right? Because Pentecost hadn't happened yet; the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out yet, and uh, and they wouldn't have known what Jesus was talking about. But we do, don't we? We do. We know the Holy Spirit. We know what the Holy Spirit's role is. We know that the Holy Spirit exists to enable us to live rightly. He's the assurance of our salvation. The Holy Spirit leads you and me into all truth. The Holy Spirit speaks to us directly from Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit brings us from death to life, from old to new, from despair to comfort, from divided to united. The Holy Spirit takes this image that I want to build, the selfish image, and he replaces it slowly with the image of Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And he says to us, he says to his disciples, you keep on seeking, you keep on asking, and I will give you what you really need. I will give you what you really need. Why do we persist in prayer? We persist in prayer because God has good gifts available to you and to me. The life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the truth. God is more concerned. God is way more concerned with who you are and who I am than what we have. Isn't that right? Which is hard because we live in, a, you know, in a, an okay society and we have lots of material goods. But God is more concerned with who you are than what you have. And, and sometimes our prayers go unanswered because they're not in, in God's will. Remember that, that pattern? Remember the pattern that Jesus gave them? He said, You got to do this, pray this way, keep it simple. But remember the point of it all? May your kingdom come, right? May your will be done. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we pray. Here's the truth. Because our natural tendency is to use God and not love God, persisting in prayer allows the Holy Spirit to purge and purify those desires that are inside of us that just aren't quite in line with his will, in line with his plans, in line with his kingdom. Persisting in prayer allows the Holy Spirit to purge and purify these desires so that God's will will be done In our lives and through our lives. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's way better than three loaves of bread. Right? The best best advice I got when I was water skiing. Do you remember what it was, anybody? You guys are thinking about lunch now? It's okay. What was the best advice that I got when I was water skiing? The best advice I got was let the boat do the work, let the power pull you out of the water. I do my part. I hold on. I get into the pattern, the position, right? And then I resist. I resist the water. And it's going in my face and up my shorts and, and everywhere. But then the power eventually pulls me out and pulls me in a direction that I need to go. And it's just like that in prayer. It's just like that in prayer. We have to do our part. So in your marriages today, persistent prayer. In your relationships, persistent prayer. In your finances, persistent prayer. Because God is concerned about these things and he wants to shape our hearts and shape our mind so they're about his kingdom. Your kids, your families, your jobs. If you're anything like me and you've gotten tired in prayer, you've given up in prayer, I want you to feel no judgment for me because I've, I've done that too. We're human. But if you're sitting here this morning and you say, yep, I've been there. Maybe you're there right now and you've given up on prayer and you spend more time if you want, p- trying to figure out if you want to wear the blue hat or the red hat in the morning. Persist in prayer. Let me say this to you in love. The power of the Holy Spirit cannot pull an unwilling person. The power of the Holy Spirit cannot pull an unwilling person closer to Christ we got to, we got to hold the rope. Is that right? We got to hold the rope. And when we do, you're going to see all kinds of things change in your life. You might not get the exact answer you're looking for. How many have experienced this in your life? When you persist in prayer and God does something, he, yeah, maybe he answers the prayer, but maybe he changes how you feel about the situation and his power pulls you closer to his will. I'm going to ask the band, come on up. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna pray for a few minutes. Is that okay? So what do I do now? What do I do? You got to remember, persisting in prayer. It does take people. It really does. It's hard to do alone. And I think as the body of Christ, we know that we need each other. But sometimes we're too proud or we think we, you know, we should have it figured out by now. And some of you who have been in the church a very long time need to humble yourself. You need to ask somebody to support you in prayer. We need people around us to pray with us, to model how to pray when we're weak to hold us in prayer, we also need to follow the pattern. And, and, and Jesus gives us a really easy one, and you can make it as long or as or short as you want, but it's simple. Father in heaven, how great are you? May your kingdom come in this situation because you know best, not me. you know best. May your will be done. God, give me today my my daily bread and forgive me my trespasses as I practice that for other people. Lead me not into temptation. That's the pattern, guys. That's the pattern. You gotta remember, why do we persist in prayer? What will keep you on your knees every day is when you realize that without God in your life, you have nothing Without God in your life, you have nothing. And many of us feel like, what are you talking about? I got a home, I got a job, I got money coming in. Yeah, you know that God could end that, like that? Without God in our life, we have nothing. We can persist in prayer because there's a promise. Jesus said, you will. Everyone. Everyone who asks, everyone who seeks, everyone who knocks will receive. It's a promise, guys. He says it'll happen. And we persist in prayer because there's great gifts available to us. And the greatest gift, certainly not three loaves of bread, the greatest gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit that God wants to fill your life with again. The Holy Spirit is is longing to be involved in some of your lives. And we're so preoccupied with the small things of life. But the truth is that the Holy Spirit is the power behind it all. Isn't that right? God exists. God has a plan for your life that's better than anything. And God said, I will not leave you alone. I will send the Holy Spirit to help you, to lead you, to comfort you, to guide you. And Jesus tells us here, when you keep seeking, you keep asking. I'm going to shape your heart. I'm going to shape your life. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use your desires so that my kingdom can happen in you and through you. How many want that? How many want that? I want God's will to be done in my life, through my life. I want God to purify the desires in my life that he sees that are wrong and I want the power of God just like when I got out of that water, water skiing I want the power of God to take me places that I couldn't get on my own because water skiing is not about sitting in the water that's just swimming water skiing is about feeling the power pull you up, and pull you out and take you places that you couldn't go by yourself and the amazing part is as long as we're holding on and we're persisting in prayer that power is going to take you somewhere no matter how how far you pull to the left or how hard you pull to the right if you're holding on you're persisting in prayer god is going to redirect you god is going to take your life places amen amen here's what we're going to do we're we're practicing this at the end of every service we just pray together so i would love today if we could take 3 4 the band uh, 5 minutes the band's going to play quietly and then they're going to they're going to go into a song and patty's going to close the service but for now, I would love for us to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts, what God is speaking to you about. So turn to somebody beside you. If you're sitting by yourself, just, you know, try to find somebody. And you can pray for provision or you can, you can pray for persistence, ask for God's help to keep going. But we're going to pray, all right? So find somebody. Go for it.